From Luke chapter 6. Then Jesus looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. But I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Christ. You may be seated. Every time I read this from Luke, I always think Jesus' words are meant to be comforting. They're meant to give hope to the people listening. Hope that their suffering has been witnessed. Hope that God's love and justice is for them. Jesus' words of blessing are meant to give hope. And I also always think when I read this text, text because I think about that hope and the challenge that Jesus also gives, especially for those of us who find themselves in the woe category of Jesus' sermon. Because truthfully speaking, in Jesus' sermon on the plain in Luke, I fall far more often into the categories of woe than I do the categories of blessing. I may not be rich, but living in America with a roof over my head, with a pantry with, that has food inside of it, compared to many parts of the world and parts of our country and parts of our city, I, along with many of us, are more rich than poor. I do not hunger the way those who are hungry in the crowd listening to Jesus hunger. I do not hunger the way a person experiencing homelessness hungers. And I do get hungry, but my hunger is always sated. Often, the biggest struggle I have around hunger is choosing what to eat out of the many options in my pantry. I have that child syndrome where I see the food in there and nothing looks good, even though there's so much to eat. Amen. I thought I would grow out of it. I didn't. When Jesus says, woe is to me if I am laughing now, it breaks my heart because I laugh a lot. And in the midst of my own mourning and weeping over this last year since my father and my grandfather's passing, even in the midst of mourning and weeping, I have still found moments of laughter. This woe leaves me wondering what Jesus thinks of my laughter, which does this sort of act of killjoy, and maybe that's sort of the point. I have had people speak ill of me because of my faith in Jesus, because of who I am, because I feel called to be a pastor, but more often than not, that negativity is out of ignorance, out of expectations and traditions that have been changing for decades. 
And even with some of those experiences, I have had ten times more people speak well of me because of my faith, because of my ministry, because of who Jesus is in my life. I have had more positive experiences sharing my faith than negative. And so if I'm not reviled, does that mean woe to me? And maybe you can relate. As we read these words from Jesus, maybe you thought to yourself, I might not be wealthy, but I have a home, I have support systems by Jesus' standards. And we have to remember that for Jesus, Jesus was mostly houseless, transient, living by the generosity of those who met him by Jesus' standards. We might all be rich. And we might sometimes hunger, but it's probably rare for most of us to wonder where we will find our next meal. And we might mourn and weep, and I know that along with myself, many of us have experienced grief and sorrow in this last year. But we've been missing those we've lost. And in the midst of our missing, in the midst of our mourning, in the midst of our weeping, we are still able to find moments of joy and laughter. And we find those moments together here in our church and through our ministries together. And honestly, honestly, I haven't heard that any of you are reviled or being defamed because of your faith. Maybe that is happening. And I hope that if it is happening, you know that you can always come to me. But the truth is, I only hear wonderful things about each and every one of you, about the ministries you're doing, about the ways you share care and love in our church and our community. And so thinking about all of this with our text from Luke, it might be easy for us to read these words from Jesus and think, woe is to us, the blessed, the happy, the full. And at the same time, this sermon from Jesus is supposed to give us hope in the midst of challenge. So maybe, maybe this woe stuff isn't meant to be a punishment. Maybe it's just Jesus' warning of the temptations we find in being comfortable. Sometimes when we get too comfortable with our wealth, with our fullness, with our happiness, we can forget about God and forget about those who God is calling us to share these gifts with. When we put our riches above our faith, we might find ourselves in the misery of never having enough. Maybe we create the woe of discontent. When we forget that so many of our neighbors around the country and around the world and here in Longview and Kelso aren't sure where their next meal is going to come from, I think that it's easy for us to put it all as something outside of ourselves. But even here in our community, in our church, we are serving so many, and we are reminded so regularly of the need. I think of the families that we share a meal with at Catlin Elementary for our Star Giving Community Meal, I think about the families in the Family Promise Program, two of which are, have just graduated this week. That's amazing. We can clap for that. Yeah. I think about the families who receive our Thanksgiving and Christmas boxes from both Catlin and Columbia Heights Elementary. I think about those students who are taking home bags of food each week, which started from our ELCA Hunger Grant Go Bag Program. There are so many in this community that we are reaching out to, that we are reminded of, that this need exists. And so even if we are ourselves experiencing hunger, most of us are living lives far more comfortable than those that we have been serving, those that have been reaching out to us, and those that we are called to. We can forget that God calls us to participate in providing daily bread for others, and sometimes we can create that woe of thanklessness. We forget to give thanks for what we have and to share it. 
when our laughter is out of spite, is causing harm to others, is pushing our friends and family away, we can use laughter to create the woe of isolation. And these are woes that we create for ourselves, out of our own comfortability. And so Jesus has a challenge for us in that. And since today is All Saints Sunday, a day where we remember the saints who have come before us, saints meaning those belonging to God, which includes all of us, all of you here today, and all of those who we remember today in our video later in our service. So with today being All Saints Sunday, I kept thinking, how can we understand Jesus' challenge and hope today? And so I appreciated our reading from Ephesians. The writer of Ephesians gives thanks for the church in Ephesus, gives thanks that they are faithful to Jesus, that they love all the saints. And the writer tells the church in Ephesus that like those who came before, there is an inheritance, a promise given to them, given to each of us. This inheritance, this promise is where we can find the hope in Jesus' sermon today. Because there are saints who inherit God's promises with us who were rich. Saints like Lydia in the book of Acts, saints like Lydia teach us that riches can provide for the poor, can provide for the church. And there were saints who inherit God's promises with us who laughed. Like the Apostle Paul who teaches us that one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is joy and that it is God in us that can bring us joy and laughter. And there are saints who inherit God's promises with us who weren't perfect, who didn't always do the right thing, who weren't especially holy, who may have brought some woe onto themselves. Saints like Jacob and David and Peter and Paul and on and on and on. There are saints who inherit God's promises with us who, like us, are also sinners. Like us, they sometimes forget about the poor, like us, they sometimes lived into their abundance and forgot about the hungry. Like us, they sometimes laughed when they should have been mourning, caring, or creating relationships. These are the saints who inherit God's promises with us. People just like us. Because together we are all saints and sinners. These saints who have passed before us can teach us that even when we fail, when we create woe, when we fail at Jesus' challenge to love and to generosity, there is still hope there. Sometimes in our lives, we might be suffering. We might be mourning or weeping, hungry, struggling, and sometimes we might be comfortable. But you might notice in our Luke reading, Jesus gives out his blessings and woes. Blessed are you who are poor. Blessed are you who are hungry. Woe to you who are rich. Woe to you who are full now. And all of this, Jesus doesn't stop at the end of his blessings and woes. He says, but I say to you that listen. But I say to you that listen. Not just those of you receiving blessings, not just those of you receiving woes, but all of you who listen. Jesus reminds us that comfort alone is not what we're called to. But we're called to use all of the gifts God shares with us for the sake of others. Jesus says, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, give to everyone, do to others as you would have them do to you. Live in love and generosity. And I will always add the caveat, as this text has been used to tell people to stay in abusive relationships, to put themselves in harm's way, to suffer for the sake of suffering, Jesus is not calling us to 
remain in abusive relationships. He says to pray for those who abuse you. He does not say to continue to harm yourself by this. Just like Jesus calls us to love our neighbors as ourselves, Jesus calls us to do to others as you would have them do to you. And sometimes the greatest love is to create a healthy and safe boundary so that you can continue to love and care for others. I always have to say that because I know how often this text has been used to harm. But that's not what Jesus is calling us to. Jesus is calling us all who listen to live in love, to live into generosity, into the hope of God's promise for each and every one of us, so that when we fail, Jesus' challenge, when we have days that we are more sinner than saint, when we create woe for ourselves and for those around us, we can look to those who have come before us and remember our inheritance. Remember the promise that God made to each and every one of us through Jesus. Because Jesus died and rose from the dead because of God's generous love for each and every one of us. Because we belong to God, all of us. Sinners and saints. Jesus challenges us and God calls us out into the world to share these gifts, to provide for the poor and hungry, to comfort the mourning and weeping, to raise up those who feel reviled and outcast from the church and from our community, to be blessings to all the world, remembering those who have come before and following in their footsteps of faith, of love, of generosity, and of hope. Thanks be to God. Amen.